Welcome to the Holderman Podcast. I'm your host, Robert McNamara, and today we will be speaking about solar farms that are coming to the Midwest. I'm joined by Colton Yeager, the Holderman Companies out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Colton, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Robert, thank you for uh, your time today and including me in the podcast. Um, yeah, like, like you mentioned, um, I, I live in a little town called Vicksburg, which is just south of Kalamazoo uh, with my wife and, and baby girl. She just turned one last weekend, um, so she's getting into everything, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun time right now. Um, I, I've been with Halderman for about two years now and provide farm management and real estate work and, and also working on my appraisal license up, up in Michigan. And we, we cover a pretty big territory here. Uh, we've got seven or 8,000 acres under management kind of spread out throughout the whole state. So we, we certainly are, are kept busy uh, that way and, and on the real estate side as well. You know, we, we help clients buy and, and sell farmland. And, and of course, the appraisal side is is awfully busy at this time too. So we're, we're running just like everybody else is at this time. So, but just, just appreciate your time um, and inviting me on the show. Yeah. Happy to have you with the company and happy to have you on the podcast. So uh, why don't we start with you giving us uh, some of the reasons that the solar companies have decided in the last few years to build solar farms in the Midwest. Yeah, that's uh, an, an, an interesting um perspective from a landowner. And I kind of want to take a step back to, so a part of the real estate and farm management that, you know, Robert, you do, and, and others in the company have, have worked on. I've early on, when I came to Halderman, we, we actually had a, a one individual company that wanted help in uh, leasing, basically having us help them lease uh, farm ground for solar. And being a young guy on the totem pole, I, I kind of got an arm around my shoulder, said, Hey, you're going to help us with this. Right. And I said, Sure. I, I'm from Western Kansas. I uh, grew up on a, on a dry land wheat farm. I don't know anything about solar, but if you teach me, I'm sure I can stumble my way through it. So I, I, I've had a little bit of experience um, working the past year and a half or so walking landowners through these solar contracts. And, and, and then even on some of my farms I, that I manage in Michigan, just discussing lots of solar activity from our, you know, for our landowners. Obviously, we're going to be talking about that today, but just kind of want to give you a background of, of some of my experience in the solar world. I haven't h- hardly had any experience with it and have just kind of learned uh, as I've gone uh, through this process here. So the reason that, that this company uh, sought us out uh, was because they had a huge push in funding to, to actually build and develop these large scale solar projects, which I'm sure we'll talk more about some of those details but why they're looking at the Midwest uh, is for several reasons. One, one reason and probably the biggest and probably why all of your landowners that are listening to this podcast, why they probably have a whole stack of mail letters saying, hey, this company's uh, interested in your farm for solar. Give us a call today. The main reason for that is that the infrastructure has continued to develop to, to allow with, with some of the, the government involvement, some of the... Um, subsidies and, and whatnot, there, there's been a huge push for green energy, as we all know. And there's been infrastructure that has allowed that to happen. Um, so substations and power lines have, have continued to develop. Um, it, it's actually less about where your farm is located. It's more about where the power line is and where the substation is. And if they can harvest that 
energy from, you know, from the sun and, and they can actually move it to a market that that is the reason that there is interest in your farm is because of where it is located in the grid. Yeah, that makes sense. If the infrastructure is already there, then they don't have to wait around for it. Yeah, they don't have to wait around for it. And there's there's a huge push right now um, by it's a very competitive environment. I'm sure we'll talk more about what that specifically looks like with lease options and then actually the lease at a later point. But companies are just trying to get as much land control as possible so that they can build these projects and get them, uh, you know, develop them in, in that way. And it's a, it's a huge process. And right now we are experiencing the last two years and onward here, we're experiencing a, a huge uh, demand for, for solar. It's not going away. When, when we talk to farmers, when we're talking to landowners, um, at the end of the day, they understand that it's a push, whether we like it or not, we can have our own opinions um, about what it is, it is coming. Not all the projects are going to be developed, but there will be large-scale projects throughout the country. Yeah, and what what size farms are the companies looking for to develop? Now, the the companies that we've worked for um, have actually been on the larger scale. So we're talking like a minimum of 600 acres all the way up to 3,000 acres. Uh, it, it really depends on some of those details that I mentioned earlier, like like the grid um, and and what kind of line they're tying into. So like a three, 345 kV line, which is like the very biggest power line that you that you can see out, you know, when you're driving on your farm, those have the capacity to hold uh, a project of up to 3,000 acres. Stair step it down, you know, you've got a 138 kV line. Those are going to be, you know, for the companies we've worked with, those are going to be in kind of that 1,500 to 2,000 acre range. And then you kind of go all the way down to a 69 kV line. Um, and those are going to be kind of your smaller projects, your six to 800 acre projects. And, and obviously your, your three phase uh, power line, those aren't going to be big enough. And, and there, there's not enough movement there to, to attach uh, a large scale solar project like this. There have been other companies that have a totally different approach than, than what I've been involved with, right? They're looking for 20 or 30 acre projects. So there's kind of a wide variety of solar potential, right? From your smaller projects to, you know, your big industrial type project. Okay. So we talked about the companies doing leasing. Are there any companies that are trying to purchase land to develop solar on it? So I, I've worked with, on the acquisition side or, or the, the, the leasing side, I've, I've worked with a handful of companies and I've probably had just as much on the other side where I'm representing the landowner and going to the solar company. Um, I would say 80 to 90 percent of the time they are just looking to lease and and it's an option to lease and if there is a purchase it's usually a very specific purpose whether it's a transfer station um, or or some sort of easement all of them I, I haven't seen any that aren't options to purchases or options to lease and they're all usually around a five-year option that basically gives the solar company the time to go through all of their due diligence permitting working with the county and state to make sure that that project fits all of their guidelines and then basically construction. So there's kind of a five-year window that, that most companies target. So that that's pretty standard across the solar world um, is, is a five-year lease option. Okay, that makes sense. And for the option periods, what kind of compensation is there for the landowner? The lease payment is gonna be the really you know, high payment, right? Eight to, I would say 
anywhere from 800 bucks an acre all the way up to 12 or 1500 bucks an acre, right? If you're in, if you're in, uh, you know, very, very high productivity soils and, and some of the best farm ground in the state of Ohio, right? Where you're looking at land values and we can't even put a number on the sales, right? I mean, 14 to 16,000 acres, the solar companies are going to have a hard time keeping up with those, right? Because they can only go so high on their payment, but something like that's going to be, you know, pushing the boundary, right? I would, I would think twelve to fifteen hundred is is not out of the question. Um, now, backing it back to the lease option period, the lease options are going to be thirty to fifty bucks an acre. I've seen some at a hundred. I, I've never seen those pay out though. So I, I've kind of seen anywhere from the thirty to fifty dollars per acre per year for the option for the five-year time frame, And then basically when that company starts their construction process, they exercise that option. That's when the big money kicks in the 800 to 1200 bucks an acre. We've seen other companies be a little bit more creative, right? With a sign-on bonus or something to help entice, but you know, it, it's certainly just an option at the start. And then at that point, you know, the, it, it's really not a, not a huge deal to the landowner. They're just giving the solar company the option to, to move forward on seeing if their farm um, is going to be a good fit. They still farm it. They still ranch it. They still do all of those things. Um, it's not like they're putting a fence around it and you can't do anything with your property. Um, during that option stage is, is you know, you're, you're carrying on with your property the, the way you have been. We talked about the option period being five years. If they do decide to exercise a lease, what are the lengths of those leases? Yeah, those leases, um, I've seen anywhere from 25 years all the way up to 40 years. Um, so it's a, it, it's a big decision. It, it's a, it's a long-term play. Um, now I, I will say that I've seen, um, and you know, given, given the current state of our economy and the, the inflation that we're all facing right now, uh, I, I, I don't think I've seen any that had an escalation that, that wasn't 2% per year. So um, if, if your payment is uh, $800 an acre, you know, for year one, year two would be $816, right? And then it would, and, and it would just continues to amortize um, at a 2% escalation that that's very common. I, I don't think I've ever seen 3%. The, the solar companies really try to stick to that 2%. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's kind of tough in years like this where, you know, we're looking at six, seven, eight percent inflation so far in this year. Right. Um, just as we know, farmland values, same thing. They, they, they all flatten out. Um, it's we're, we're not going to see, hopefully we're not going to see continued inflation at that, at that level, but, you know, potentially, I mean, that, that would be the risk, right. Um, uh, but hopefully the, the added uh, value in the lease payment um, can kind of offset some of that. And, you know, over a 30 year time frame, it should, it should level out. It, that, that's what the, that's what the solar companies are saying. Um, I'd, I have to make sure I differentiate myself a little bit there, but that that's what the solar companies are. That's their argument. Yeah. I'm sure they're dealing with inflation with the panels and construction and everything else. Yeah. They're, they're dealing with it too. Right. So, you know, there, I I've seen several requests for, you know, trying to tie it to a CPI, a, a consumer price index of some kind. Um, 
So, you know, that, that is an, that is another option. Um, I actually haven't seen any solar companies do that though. So it's always been proposed, but, um, you know, the solar company just tax on another five or 10 grand sign on bonus. And that usually, that usually gets people the rest of the way there. So once these projects are developed, will there be anything planted under the panels or is there any agricultural use? Yeah, there's, there's been um, one company that we've worked with uh, has actually wanted to, to plant a, a wildflower mix uh, to help with, with weeds. And, you know, you, you have to remember these guys, a lot of these guys are, um, they're involved in the green energy. They, they love it, right? So they, and, and they, they want to care for the land and, um, you know, planting a, a nice, you know, crop, not a crop, but a, a a grass like that, a, a, a wildflower mix, uh, helps with erosion, helps with um, keeping the weeds down if you can get a good cover, um, and, and it just looks nice. So I, I've seen some solar companies suggest that, um, and obviously they would they try to get a good stand before they even uh, constructed any, any of the panels. Um, I, I've seen some of those. Um, sheep as well um, have been uh, something that has certainly been looked at. Um, and, and because the solar farms are gonna have a, a nice fence around it, um, I've, I have seen solar companies that uh, will allow sheep to, to be grazed. Um, sheep aren't a super common thing, I would say in the Midwest for sure, but we might see some more farmers maybe wanna play in that a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not a sheep guy, so I, I, I'm not the guy to talk to on those things, but uh, I, I know sheep are okay. Goats, of course, are not. Uh, goats like to climb on everything they can see. Uh, so they'll, they'll be on top of those panels before you know it. Um, and then, uh, of course, cattle will, will uh, you know, you park your pickup in, in with the cattle and they'll, they'll rub your mirrors right off. Uh, you know, the one night that pickup's out there. So, so cattle are, are going to be pretty destructive. There has been some pretty cool technology um, trying to actually increase uh, the, the size of the panel. And then as it follows the sun, um, be, being able to plant a crop actually uh, in between the, the rows of the panels, um, I, I have seen some of those developments, uh, which would be interesting for farmers to continue. I mean, obviously that's going to be uh, probably a little further down the road before we see what that kind of interaction looks like. But I know that there has been some talk and, um, you know, if you could plant three or four rows of corn, you know, in between each panel, um, that's certainly large scale or, or smaller scale and, and your large scale guys aren't going to have any sort of interest in, in doing that. But on, on a smaller scale, there, there could be some potential there growing the crop in between, uh, in between the panels. That would, that makes sense that they would want some ground cover rather than just having it fallow and that it ends up growing up in weeds and the issues yeah. that that causes. Yeah. And, and for them, you know, weeds are, are more than just an eyesore. I mean, it, it depends on what kind of weeds they are, but they start interfering with, with how the sun, I, I mean, if, if, if you can't, if you don't have a good uh, system down, I mean, you've got weeds growing past the solar panel, right? That's, that's blocking the view of the sun. That's the whole reason it's there, right? So let's, in, in their mind, it's trying to, trying to keep control of and, and be good stewards of the land. So in the leases that you've worked on, for your landowners, are the landowners protected if something were to happen as far as solar not being viable or the 
company goes out of business, what are they just stuck with the panels or? Yeah. So what I, what I have seen and, and, and negotiated as well as that, um, and, and most companies have a, a bond issued for the project, uh, which will cover any and all expenses um, to remove the panels. Um, so there, you know, farmers aren't going to have to worry about, um, you know, what do I do with, you know, a hundred acres of solar panels? I, I have no idea where to go with that. Um, the, the solar company is contractually obligated to remove the panels, at, at least in the contracts I've seen, to remove the panels and return it to its original condition. Um, you could probably get more specific in what original condition is, um, you know, whether that's, um, you know, a, a big thing in Ohio, right? And, and Michigan as well is, is tile, right? So what, what is our tile gonna look like at, at the end of this 30 years? Um, you know, just some of those questions as to what original condition looks like. and. And, uh, you know, making sure that that topsoil isn't removed and some of those things. The companies I've worked with have, have wanted to disturb the ground as little as possible. So to make it just that much easier to, to return it to that original condition. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, who purchases the electricity generated by these solar farms? Uh, great question. Um, there, there's a whole market out there for it. Um, you know, some of the, some of the large companies, um, you know, Google, Amazon, uh, Verizon, they, they have, they have moved, uh, and, and when they, when they say that they are going to be, uh, you know, carbon neutral by a certain date, um, there are certain ways that they can navigate that so that they can say that they are right. And, you know, we're not talking about carbon credits on, on this, you know, session, but that's another way that, that these companies have, have done. So, um, so you, you've got some very big players, you know, like the Googles and Amazons of the world. Uh, you also just have the utility companies um, that, that are working on these projects, um, you know, like for the state of Michigan, um, I, I was reading that they want to have uh, so a percentage of their infrastructure is actually powered by solar by like 2030 or 2040. Um, so that consumers in, in Michigan has to, to work um, on, on those projects to, to basically, you know, get what the, the state wants. I'm not sure what I, Ohio is um, and, and what their goals are, but that kind of from the first question, I mean, there, there's a lot of push for that, right? And in, in getting so many of our green energy by a certain date and that's why it's going to happen is because there it has the government uh that that's backing it uh to to get it done so it's going to get done it it just kind of depends when and and where thanks is there any other information you'd like to share with us about solar farms or anything else landowners should think about yeah i i think um you know landowners need to um you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's a, it's a tough discussion. Um, you know, we, we farm because it, it's more than just farming. It's a way of life. Um, and I've, I, I've enjoyed my job and the fact that I get to rub shoulders with even more farmers than, than what I do, uh, in, in my current role, you know, in Michigan, um, with, with Halderman. And I would, this, this is, this has been a potential, 
uh, you know, blessing and, and a potential opportunity that that's, that families, you know, if they can come into agreements with, uh, could be a very interesting um, uh, opportunity for them going forward. And even if you have a, a large farm, you know, thousand, two thousand acres, ten thousand acres, um, even to just be able to diversify some of your earnings each year to have the potential to, to have steady income, right? So yeah, obviously commodity prices are, are very favorable right now, but you know, it wasn't that long ago where corn was $3.50 a bushel, right? So um, it, it, it is nice to, to have some, some steady income. And um, you know, if, if, if we are ever in the area and we're knocking on your door, all we do is present the, the opportunity and, and, and let you decide as a landowner. It, it's, a, it's a big deal and it's a big uh, opportunity. And if it's not right for you, no hard feelings. You're probably gonna get asked a bunch more times because there's gonna be so many other solar companies that, that do come. You know, I'm thankful for the opportunity today. And if I can be of help in, in looking at contracts that, that some of your landowners are, are looking at uh, from other solar companies, or if, if I can be of any help to any of the, of the listeners on the show, uh, you know, please just let me know. I've, I've dealt with many different companies on both sides of the aisle and might have some pointers as to what should be in that contractor to just benefit the landowner. Just really appreciate your time today, Robert. Yeah, thanks a lot, Colton, for joining me today and all the valuable information. If you'd like to learn more about the Holderman companies or contact someone on the Holderman team, please visit Holderman.com. <laughs>